Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Chung, and class is now in session. drama school this podcast has been such a journey for me and i learned a lot of lessons so thank you to everybody who's been a part of it and i'm really looking forward to the upcoming year and the new conversations that i'll have the new epiphanies that i'll have the new analyses that i'll make and i am i'm excited to embark on that together with all of you. So thank you to all of my listeners. Thank you to my patrons. If you want to be a patron of this podcast, you can just go to anchor.fm slash school, and you'll be able to figure out how to sponsor this podcast personally. I'm very grateful to all of my guests who have been wonderful uh, conversationalists, right? I learned a lot from them. I gained a lot of deep insight and perspective about this world and about them and about myself that I did not have before. So thank you to all of my guests. And I'm really happy with how this podcast turned out because it's really more than just a recap of Korean television shows. It's a deep meditation on art and culture and spirituality and psychedelics and comedy and healing and growth and philosophy and all of that. So I'm very proud of what it's become. And I'm grateful to everybody who's been a part of this podcast's journey. So thank you. Today's show is Hellbound. It is a 2021 Netflix original Korean drama. It is directed by Yeon Sang-ho, who is the director and writer of critically acclaimed films like The King of Pigs. He also directed Train to Busan and Peninsula. So Yeon is very similar to filmmakers or auteurs like Hwang Dong-yuk, uh, who who made Squid Game, in that Yun's films and TV shows also have a deep social commentary. Yuan plays the charismatic and manipulative cult leader Jung Jin-soo, and later when Jin-soo dies, he gets memorialized by the New Truth Society in the form of a mural painting, and you see him holding hands with children in like this field and garden, and it's very deliberately reminiscent of how North Korean leaders like Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il, and Kim Jong-un get drawn on mural Korea. Well, in North Korea. And then you have the actress Kim Hyun-ju who plays the attorney. And I'm very fond of Kim Hyun-ju because she's been an actress in Korean television for decades now. And she's always very good. And it was just nice to see a familiar face again. Yang Yik-jun is also a very welcome familiar face for me. He plays Detective Jin Kyung-hoon, the one with a daughter who becomes involved with the New Truth Society. And Yang Yik-jun is... Uh, very well known for another show I love called It's Okay, That's Love, where he played the violent older brother. Yang Yichun is also a very talented filmmaker and writer. He wrote and directed and starred in a movie called Breathless, which is a very gritty, realist, independent film. And 
it won many awards and accolades at film festivals around the world. So if you ever get a chance, check out Breathless. I love Yang Yichun because he's such a committed performer and he always gives his whole self into a role. And I'm very impressed with that kind of work as an actor. So props to Yang Yichun. I think Hellbound is a show about the toxic effects of social media and uh, cancel culture. I think it's an exploration on the invasion of privacy, blame culture that we have as a society, and the ruthless tendency that people have when they take somebody who is easy to nail to a cross and just blame them for all the things that are wrong in society, right? It reveals the absurdity of the moral panic that we live in on the internet, right? Whenever we go on Twitter, Instagram, or comment boxes to tear somebody down or make a criticism, we're adding more fuel to the fire of negativity, blame, victimizing, and paranoia. In the 18th century, Protestant leaders in American churches began to hold revivals, which is this spiritual reckoning that induces guilt and redemption in a very intense and public way inside the church. So it was there for all the townspeople to witness and see. And, and this was really um, a strategy to get people back into the church, right? So with that comes a whole notion of moral hierarchy and religious hierarchy, right? And in Christianity, you have tens of thousands of different denominations around the world. And in America, there are a couple hundred. But a big part of inducing guilt and threatening people with the fiery pits of hell come from this 18th century revivalist strategy that, that churches got into, which was ultimately to keep people in the church so that churches can remain in business and churches can keep people in line. So those are the reasons why revivals became a big thing. And to this day, a lot of Protestant churches use the revivalist strategy. When I was growing up in a Korean American church, I definitely witnessed these kinds of yearly revivals that the church would hold. Uh, I would see a lot of grown adults flopping around on the floor, speaking in tongues or screaming or crying and just kind of having these um, intense episodes, really. And as a child, it was really frightening to see. But I was also quite curious as to, like, what exactly they were experiencing, because me personally, I have never experienced that. I will say, though, that these kinds of spiritual uh, reckonings that an individual has. They're not exclusive to the Christian church. I know that there are accounts of it in Hinduism and Buddhism. Sometimes it's, it's something like, you know, in India, a person goes and meets with a, a spiritual leader, like a guru. And, and when they get touched by the guru, they go into this trance, a state of trance, and they're like sobbing or they have tears coming down their face and they're having this kind of spiritual moment. And it's really um, a reckoning with what you can generally call God or source or creator or source energy or the universe or whatever. Uh, but my point is, it's just, it's not exclusive to the church. You have um, spiritual reckonings in any kind of religion. And uh, in, in a Christian setting, 
And in a revivalist context, these kinds of spiritual reckonings um, came hand in hand with uh, guilt, so emphasis on the sinner and how to redeem themselves through the blood of Christ. So there was this dogma attached to it and also the threat of hell looming over that person, right? And ultimately it was to get people to become uh, evangelicals, right? To go out and pursue a mission to spread the gospel and bring more people to the church, right? So you have this capitalist uh, motor wheel attached to that kind of strategy. So I, I would say Hellbound is a deep exploration of how uh, spiritual cults come into formation. Today's guest is Berlin-based comedian Tobias Hauser. Tobias was my first guest on the very first episode of K-Drama School, so I invited him on again to commemorate the show's one-year anniversary. So let's talk to Tobias Hauser. Sometimes I just I skip dinner to just eat cookies instead. Really? You really yeah. do this? Wow. Yeah, or cake like or ice boy. cream. Oh my god. My like dietary habits are horrible. Yeah. Whoa. What about like yeah. um after alcohol? Like after I drink a lot, sometimes I'll like want something really savory. I th no, after I drink alcohol, I don't want anything. I just I want to drink water and then that's it. I don't. I'm I mean, it's. I know that's why I get hangover hangovers. I guess after yeah. like two beers yeah. because I refuse to eat more. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, that's. Wow. I'm. I'm just like you know. I'm gonna go to bed and then I'm gonna wake up and I'll be hungry anyway and then I can eat. So why eat now? What's the point? Uh huh. Okay, so you have like a rational logic in your brain. It's not like this default mode that you just run on because that's what I do. Yeah. Like when I when yeah. I used to drink, I would get really, really drunk. I was like that all throughout my time in Berlin, every single night I was like get really, really drunk and then I would always get um a falafel. Like oh, yeah. always. Yeah, it was the best. But I feel like that's like the healthy option. Like I I used to get just a dinner when I was yeah when I was drunk. You got the vegan yeah. version, so that's good for you. Yeah, I guess, I guess. But it's like it does sit in your gut, you know. Because like after I eat, I'm all satiated, and you know I'm like a fat baby, and I'm like, ah, oh, now it's time to sleepy time, and I'm just sleeping with this like dinner in my gut. This thing mm. is in my gut. This sandwich is in my gut. And I wake up and it's still there. It's <laughs> there yeah. like a rock in the morning. And it's a horrible yeah. feeling. And it gives me heartburn. I'm getting heartburn just oh. thinking about it. Yeah. Oh no. When did yeah. you stop drinking? One year ago. Oh, nice. Like Congratulations. Day day after Christmas. Thanks. Yeah. 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 I was just like, it's time. Yeah. I feel you. I've been I've been trying to get there, and I at least I I only drink if there's an occasion. And I stopped during the lockdown, getting drunk on a bottle of wine in the bathtub on a Wednesday habit. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and now I need yeah. a special occasion for that for that wine bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds really nice, actually. I. Did you watch that show Weeds with 
Mary Louise Parker. I watched it until it until it became ridiculously bad. So like the first few okay. seasons, yeah. Okay. She used to drink a lot of beverages. Like she drank a lot of diet cokes. She drank a lot of mm. iced coffee. And she drank a lot of wine. And I remember when I was mm. watching that show, I loved how she would pour herself a glass of wine every night and walk around her enormous bathroom, you know? And I was like, yeah, I, I want that life. I want to drink wine in a huge ass motherfucking bathroom like that. Not even to bathe, just you walk thought, around. Yeah. You're like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's adult life. That's my adult life. That's what it's going to be. That's my just future. A, a glass of wine. But nobody ever has a glass of wine. So That's if true. you see someone drink a glass, the bottle's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I... That's, that's, that was my issue. So, like, during the lockdown, I would go and buy, like, six bottles of wine every, t every time I went to the... To the store so i would every mm. month it would be like a bi-weekly thing every two weeks i would go and get six bottles of wine right and that those six would last me the two weeks but over time like it wouldn't last me two weeks it would last me like a week and mm. i would be like i'm drinking a whole bottle like almost every night this is not okay yeah, yeah. and and it feels stupid to get this smashed alone at night when I'm not yeah. doing jack shit. So I was like, mm. I gotta stop. And, you know, I just stopped. I just stopped like day after yeah. Christmas. I was like, this is my last bottle. And yeah. Well, good for you. I drink. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever do that? I like that. Like stop drinking completely? Uh, I think I, I will drink. I, 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 if there's. If I, I haven't been able to like go out to a party and not drink yet, so yeah. that I feel like that's going to be the real test. Yeah. Um, but I do want to get to a point where I, um, yeah, that that's at least that's like the only point, the only, yeah, the only occasion where I'll have a drink. Right. Um, but I have successfully like gone to, I don't know like have like business post post work meetings with coworkers or go to birthday parties or yeah, yeah whatever and and not drink and it's totally fine yeah. and i noticed wow. i realized like yeah what so many times when i drank it was just because i didn't want to be there and huh. now if i don't want to be there i just leave cuz <laughs> what's yeah. the point <laughs> yeah yeah there's always that yeah. solution you know, we just forget. Like yeah. we have a choice. Uh, oh, I don't like it here. I think I'm gonna go. You know, whereas yeah. in the past, I'd just be like, I can't go. I can't fucking leave. I gotta stay and get drunk. Yeah, and it'll yeah, get better. Just... But no, it never does. Mm -mm. You're just punishing yourself, and you're punishing everybody else around you, because mm. you know you're unhappy and you're drunk now. So it's like you're the worst. Yeah. And yeah. that's sort of that's sort of what I noticed is like when people get drunk. And I'm t dead cold sober. They're kind of annoying, you know. Like, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, these people are annoying. I was at a Christmas party there... two days ago, like at the Hollywood Improv, and people were drinking there. And I was like, man, some of these people, like, the more they get drunk, I'm like, ugh, you suck, you know. But is it just because they they suck when they're drunk, or because they want to get you to drink as well? The, or did those nobody people, notice you weren't drinking? Those people, those people exist, but they don't exist in LA for some reason. 
All、mm. of those people are in New York. When I was in New York,、oh. like whenever I go through a breakup, I would not drink for a little while. And, but I would still go out and meet friends and stuff. And when they don't see me drinking, they would get like mad. They'd be like, why、yeah. are you not drinking? And I'm like, yeah.、Uh, can, I, can I just not? If I, yeah. What the fuck is this? It's annoying. It's, yeah. It's la- last, last summer,、um, I, there was a point where I went to, like, people took me out for my birthday and they were insisting that I drink because they were paying for my drinks. And I think that's why、oh、they also why they wanted me to drink. So they had, like, because otherwise my birthday present would have been shit.、Um, <laughs> but yeah, they were, like, very insistent on me drinking. And it was kind of annoying.、Um, but I think it's just a lot of people need that. They need, they don't like, They automatically feel judged, judged if they are drinking、yeah. and you're not drinking. Yeah. Even though you're not judging、true. them, you're not saying anything, but they're, yeah. yeah it's like interesting it. how people take that so personally because it's all about, it's like, it's my personal choice for myself and it has nothing、mm. to do with you. But a drunk person just t- becomes defensive, like, by default, no matter what. Like, um, I don't, know, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard that like alcohol is an ego inflator. So, like, your ego becomes more inflated、mm-hmm. when you're drinking. Like, I've seen this、um, around people, like, their insecurity and their pride just grows exponentially together.、Um, so, yeah. So, like,、uh, I was out drinking with a guy, and he was super drunk, and he could not stop talking about what a great film producer he was on the last. Set he was on, he just like wouldn't stop talking about it. And he's like, like when he's sober, he's kind of like a gentle, humble guy, doesn't really talk about himself that much. But like when he was drunk, holy shit, did that come out? Um,、mm. or like people talking about, like, you know, when people get sad or like depressed when they're drunk and they just go on and on, like sometimes they'll talk a lot about、yeah. their insecurities or like their traumas, and it's like. That's all like the ego stuff, like defensiveness, or yeah, it's mostly defensiveness. So I think、um, mm. alcohol brings that part out in a person when it passes a certain point, you know, like, oh, I'm past the buzz、yeah. point, and you're in the loose point, then like all of that shit just comes out. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. That's sad. I think, now I, I, now I, I definitely、slinked. don't want to drink again. It's linked. It's linked to the people feeling judged, you know? And they also lose a sense of boundaries. It's like,、mm. it's like, you know, I'm not you, right? Like, you know, that this is my decision for me. I'm not making any decisions for you. You can drink,、yeah. you can do whatever、yeah. you want, and it doesn't、yeah. matter. Like, my opinion doesn't matter. It's, it's so weird because nobody would, nobody would like, Force you to smoke a cigarette or even with pot, nobody like insists on you smoking pot with them. No, because they're smoking、right. pot, it's、you're、like、right. only alcohol where that's the case, where people sort of push it、mm. on you, you know. Yeah,、um, they do this in like Korean drinking culture as well because the Koreans drink a shit ton, they drink for every fucking occasion. They drink if they're、really? sad, they're depressed, if they're celebrating, if, they, if they're just bored, if they want to. Uh, get closer to somebody to bond. It's like they drink all the time. When I was in, whenever I was in Korea, I was always shit faced drunk. So, fucking, 
yeah like in work culture sometimes they'll not sometimes it's like almost part of the work culture they go out and they drink at, like as a whole like team together and while okay. they're drinking yeah it's like a bonding thing it's like a militaristic thing like a hierarchical thing you know like the the leader of the team whoever is in charge will like raise a glass and say a toast and everybody has to like toast with them and like down it's like so strict mm. and of course a lot of women don't want to go and get drunk like that because they don't want to lose their inhibition they don't want to lose their sense of judgment and it's dangerous because men are pervs and then they wonder why so many employees get sexually assaulted in the workplace and it's like mm. well Maybe try removing drinking from the whole work yeah. job thing. Yeah. You know? That might yeah. be stuff. I did not know that. That that's that's mm. the case. It must be I mean it's it's it must be crazy because it's 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 so different in the US, right? Like people at nobody drinks at work in the US, right? It's a very taboo thing. Or is that just my Yeah. Yeah, no, it's and, and they don't they don't drink at like during work hours it's like an it's it's kind of worse because it's like you're done with your job and they're like let's all go get mm. dinner now and at dinner they okay. drink and then afterwards they okay. keep going because it's like that's how koreans yeah. drink it's like oh they call it like rounds like round one round two round three they'll like go mm -hmm. and get drunk and then they'll go to a bar and get drunk more they'll go to a like a karaoke bar they'll go and sing while mm -hmm. drinking they'll go to another place to eat and drink again and they'll just do that like several several rounds until they're like obliterated and this is yeah the norm that's what's shocking mm. about it and um yeah it's a problem i think it's a problem yeah and it's just funny how uh, accepted alcohol is, you know, even though it's kind of a dangerous drug, if you think about it. Yeah. In any yeah, case. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird how we still advertise it um, without any restrictions, more or less. It's kind of crazy to think about that. But yeah. And, you know, it's not to say I didn't <laughs> love drinking. I did. I loved it. Mm. I fucking... I mean, you've seen me in Berlin. I like loved alcohol but um hmm. yeah it's funny it's funny how things just stop hey let me ask you about this past year like you know yeah i've been doing this podcast for a year now this is going to be our one year anniversary this is going to be my one year anniversary uh episode and i'm having you join me because you were my first guest and so let me yeah. ask you about this past year like looking back on 2021 like are there were there small goals that you set for yourself that you met or were there little achievements that you made that you're proud of uh like any highlights from this past year um well, ignoring the stuff that i didn't achieve that i wanted to do uh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> gonna focus on the stuff that i did uh yeah. i i i it wasn't really a goal, but I bought a guitar and then I have, I bought a guitar like six weeks ago and I've been wow. pretty much practicing every day since then. Wow. Um, and I'm really having fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's the yeah. first thing that I'm doing that I'm sticking to since like school. Cause I wow. 
tried to learn Italian and I stopped after a month. I tried to learn the piano again and I stopped after a month. And I'm really enjoying playing the guitar and like just learning learning new things on it. It's a lot that's, of fun. That's great. Um, yeah. Did that's you, the only thing I can think of. Did you take any guitar lessons before this? I I had guitar lessons as a kid. Like oh, okay. I was like I think like ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um and I did remember like two chords from then. Um yeah. but yeah you you gotta learn from scratch more or less and then you also gotta you gotta build calluses from scratch. Yeah. Um, so your your fingers at first it's so painful. Yeah. And the funny thing is, my at some point, like my 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 phone stopped recognizing this finger because I guess I, was, <laughs> I got such a thick some such a thick calluses on it. My phone was like, "Who's this?" <laughs> no, it's not you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I'm so proud of you. Um. Thanks. I want to write one song. Yeah, and, yeah. On the guitar. I want to write one song um and then let's I, write it I, right now. I, I want to do like a, f- a let's write it right now. Well, it's I already have an idea and it might be about chlamydia. Um <laughs> cuz I I want to do a song that I can just I can just bust out at an open mic you're, and do like at a comedy show. You're going to become you know? a musical comedian. Oh my god. You're on your I'm way. I'm going to be the new Weird Al, I guess. <laughs> oh, my the God. hair is already getting there. So, oh, yeah. that's right. You also uh, got plugs. How's that going? Oh, yeah. It was. I already had them on our first recording, but it was they hadn't grown in yet. Oh, wow! And now it's just, and now it's just a full head of hair magically. It looks great. Um. You look, it looks you look very. Like a, you look like a '90s uh, children's movie character, like a side character, not like the lead, but like a side one, <laughs> one with like an attitude. But I like that you said children's movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes. I guess you're saying I'm young. You look I look chi- young. Yeah, it makes you look a, like a child. Yes. I could be. I could be in in Greece with all the other <laughs> mid mid 30s on that movie pretending to be 19 18 you could be that could be me that could happen yeah good did you feel like a a boost of confidence after your hair started growing out did you feel like a new woman um yeah actually yeah i mean it sounds i don't know if it sounds dumb but that's why it's also why i did it because i was like i mean nobody else ever commented on my hair loss or ever yeah noticed that I was losing hair but for me yeah. it was like a big deal and I would yes I spent a lot of time like I thinking about it and just like wearing hats or covering it up it up even though most people didn't notice yeah. um yeah but yeah now for the last I don't know like since the summer when it really started to come in and like be the same length of the as the rest of the hair which is also important um yeah. I've really yeah just sort of enjoyed my head a lot more Mm. yeah isn't that funny it's like that's always the case like nobody else notices or cares it's your own thing it's your own insecurity and it's Mm. a private one it's one that nobody else notices but the moment you you deal with it 
you know, whether like doing something mm. about it or changing it or getting over it or accepting it, whatever it is, it's like your whole attitude changes. Like the way you carry yourself changes, the way you see yourself changes. And it's just so funny how that is. But it's like every single person on earth has that, you know, like mm. um, every celebrity yeah. has that. Like nobody is exempt from it. Everybody has it. And it always yeah. has to do with their body. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's yeah. it's always it's funny when somebody says they want to change something about themselves because it's like never something that I would yeah. have changed something different about you. It's always <laughs> it's never the one thing that like somebody else notices. Like, yeah. Somebody wants oh to get God. their nose done and it's like, why? Your nose is <laughs> I've never noticed that your nose anything was wrong with your nose. Think about your boobs first. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fix yeah. your ugly knees. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that, but that is the case. That really is the case. Um, mm. So what if, like, what if you couldn't have gotten this procedure? Would you just have, like, continued living just without ever coming to terms with the hair situation? Just always, like, letting this insecurity eat away at you? Or... I don't know, would you look for some other solution? I don't know. I mean, at, at some point, I probably would have shaved it off and just try to go bald. But I yeah. I know I don't look good bald. Um, I think I have a weird, <laughs> weirdly shaped head. Um, I, and also, I don't know what's under here. I've never seen it. Who knows what's hiding oh. there? Maybe it's a second, maybe like the head of the baby I ate in my mom's womb or something. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Because I've never seen it. So... Yeah, I I wouldn't I want to do that, and now I'm glad I I won't have to at least not for a while. Uh, um, yeah. Why did hmm. you think? Uh, did you think a wig was going to be an option, like wearing a little toupee? Oh, you know, I wasn't necessarily thinking that. I was thinking more like I don't know, more like come to terms with it and just be like, okay, I accept mm. this. I accept. It's, my it's not an option. <laughs> I'd have to work on myself. Are you kidding me? No. Like, do actual mental work? No. <laughs> so, this past year, you don't think you've done any of that? Like, I'm sure there is something. Like, wasn't there something where you were like, I want to try to improve on this. I want to try to get over this. There wasn't, like, anything? I mean, I've... I've I think I've... I've I be I be I became like a sort of like a boss this year. So now I'm like I have like nine people or something on my team, and I've like the biggest thing that I've had to work on, I think, is just like no longer give a shit about what people think about me. Because I used to try, I used to be such a people pleaser, and sometimes I I don't know, I maybe I thought like if you're someone's boss, like the boss also has to try to please their employees that sounds horrible um yeah. but just like yeah. make sure they're happy all the time sure. but it's not it's not the case and you can't right. do that like right. at some point you just have to let go and if somebody if somebody's just like not really they don't have to be your friend and i thought mm -hmm. that at first like i thought i had to be everyone's friend and now i just give less of a shit and i'm i'm trying to make sure they're you know yeah content with their 
work situation and mm -hmm. but then that's that's all i can do i can't like mm. solve all of their problems and make yeah sure they live a happy life yeah that's a huge yeah one that's a really really big one uh and that's great because like you're i mean that's you setting boundaries too for yourself and Hmm. you know so that's actually you accepting yourself and accepting the situation and letting it be as it is that's pure acceptance and Yeah. as you say letting go what was like the moment where you noticed that change or the moment where you were like oh i need to just be this way and not try to do the other thing. Um, I think it's when like we, we talked about like stuff like salary and like whatever projects in the beginning of the year. And then I noticed like at some point, like you, you do what you can to like fulfill all their wishes and like give them what they want. Um, and then it doesn't like it, 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 it doesn't go away. Like people still want more, which is totally natural. Um, but I think I stopped, I stopped believing that, you know, I can, I can give people what they want and then they'll be happy because nobody's Mm -hmm. ever really content with Right. their situation. Just, you just want, if you have more, you want more. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that was when I was like, okay, well, we just gotta, Yeah. I see. I see. you know, I don't have to, I don't have to, be such a people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah, that's really Yeah. great. That's a big one, actually. Congratulations on that. Uh, not as big as getting hair. <laughs> like, how much content is there left for you to do anyway? <laughs> You're funny. You it's know, not this a was never a... ending thing. You're right. You're right. It's, you know, this is something I thought about. Because when I was launching this podcast, I was very, very nervous. And there are multiple reasons why I was nervous. But one of the reasons that made me nervous is precisely what you just said. How much content Yeah. do I have in me to keep this going? Because like my brain is like not made for quitting. Like I'm not able to half ass anything. Like Mm, when I start yeah. something, I give it my fucking all and I do Yeah. it with the intention of closing, like, like finishing really hard. And I don't know when that point is. I just know that right now I'm just in like, give it my all mode. And that was precisely it. I was like, what if I run out of shows? What if I run out of an interest in these things? And this past year... The fact is, there is no, like, there's always a show. Like, the shows keep Okay. coming. Like, South Korea Mm. has not stopped. They won't stop, you know? Um, and also, like, not even new shows. Like, there's, like, a whole backlog of 30 years of shows that I've seen that I could always talk about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. and, you know, I had to sort of deal with that, like, coming to terms with, I do have abundance. I mean, that's like the cheesy way of putting it, but that's like the term that they use in these like fucking self-help shit is like, you have to believe that as an artist, as a creative individual, you will always have something. And I was kind of looking at this past year and the work that I've done. And it's like, 
the ideas have never stopped. There are always ideas. In terms of the people I want to have conversations with, there were always people. And I still, like, looking into next year, there's still, a, like, five, six people that are already lined up. And, okay. yeah, it's it, all it is is just doing the work. It's not even like, oh, who am I going to do and what show is it? It's not even like that. Now, at this point, it's more like just do, getting into the motion of doing things and then just editing it and just uploading it every week. Mm. And it's like, it's manageable. It's doable. And uh, there yeah. are people who have far busier schedules than I who still execute mm. every week uh, for multiple podcasts. So, yeah, it, it, I, I guess uh, I have enough self-trust when it comes to this podcast right now that I feel like I can keep going. And I'm not really worried about that when I'm yeah. run out of content. That makes All right. sense. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Such an asshole. I mean, it's a little what? No, I mean, it's it's a little <laughs> terrifying to me if to think about that. Like, I if I yeah, I wanted I I would want there to be like a, a, an endpoint that I can reach, and then I know I'm done, instead of something yeah. that keeps going on indefinitely. Um, yes, yeah. you know, it's kind of like uh, writing a bit or doing a painting or writing a. a as an essay or whatever it's like as you're doing it you feel the end and you feel you feel like you know when the right place to end is you know you just know it and mm. um you know i was like i was genuinely thinking about it i was like do i want i mean it's been one year i could just end it at like the one year mark it could be like a nice thing do i want to end it and i did have to ask myself that and i was like i don't really want to end it like there are still people yeah. i want to talk to there's still shows that i want to cover and you know it's like at this point i actually have some regular listeners who you know they'll like, yeah. email me sometimes they'll like leave comments um like when i ask like on the podcast just out there i'd be like oh are there shows that you guys are watching like what what do you want me to cover they'll like write back to me and stuff you know so That's great. yeah i mean yeah i sort of feel like a like a bond with those people as well it feels like a promise to them and uh it's it's also encouraging for me it's like it gives me some uh sense of purpose when i'm doing it i'm like oh like people are enjoying this so why not keep going so yeah yeah i mean those are the factors that i'm all kind of taking into consideration when i'm saying that i want to continue on with it hmm. yeah but i mean is that why you didn't start your uh eurovision podcast no that's just because i was lazy <laughs> i the my idea for the eurovision podcast was actually i think it was a good one because it was like a limited a limited it was going to be a limited series i was going to do each country each country has right. like one episode dedicated to it um right. so i would be done after like i don't know 50 episodes or something um, be 50 countries but i just in the world. yeah N in eurovision yeah you know europe only 50 you countries europe? there are I mean, only 50 countries that compete like no other countries i think what like about the, like european territories like what about european like you know like what you think french F french guyana is going to send their own entry yeah. no it's yeah, not hard yeah. works <laughs> but i but feel you gotta like be... that should yeah yeah no you have to be a country it would be fun if like 
I don't know, Wales sent their that's, own song. That's a that's a movie though. It's like think about it. It's like an underdog film. Like a like a French colony in Africa mm. somewhere. Yeah. Somebody being like, I want to go and be part of Eurovision and all the Europeans are like, No, you can't, you can't. What are you crazy? And they're like, No, like I'm gonna do it. And then like she wins. Of course it's a woman. It's a young woman. She yeah. wins. Yeah. She wins all of Eurovision. Everybody's pissed. You know? I mean it's not to get too into the weeds but you need your like you have to have a national broadcasting company in order to send an entry to Eurovision so that's, yeah, that's why part of the plot line it's... she like like she invents it oh, they she's... start doing yeah. it for her oh yeah. okay they're like we yeah. don't have it we don't have a broadcasting station but we're going to start one just so just so she could do it yeah that's like part well, of Well then the you still story. have to be you still have to be it's a very technical specification where where your country has to be it's yeah. like yeah. latitude and long wow. longitude has to be within that sort of boundary that is, that is fucked so up. yeah i think theoretically iran could join or something because <laughs> it's like just hitting that boundary with one corner that's an even better um, movie okay so it's yeah, an iranian that would an be iranian yeah. teenager an Iranian teenager and yes. she wants to be part of Eurovision and they're like what are you talking about Iran is not Europe and they're like well you know it's just at the just just some like guy with glasses like an annoying person it's like actually technically it's like right here and she just <laughs> makes the cut and everybody's angry and yeah. she does it and then she wins boom Oscars oh my god let's do it let's yeah. do it yes yeah. best foreign picture film for Academy Award 2022 <laughs> it's a little you know close in time but yeah i mean we'll get it off the ground we'll do yeah. it um we need to talk about this no. movie hellbound a little bit because we saw it um well you saw it mm -hmm. actually you saw it mm -hmm. and then you recommended it to me and mm. then i binged it in like two days um hmm. so let's talk about this show yeah. like first of all why why did you why did you say i want to see this and click it what was it what was the draw um as always for me it's the rotten tomatoes reviews and they were really good because <laughs> just with the amount of content that's that's like my filter for what i'm gonna Are watch you serious um i mean wow. yeah it, it's either it's either reviews on rotten tomatoes good if it is it over 80 percent, i'll probably watch it wow. or is like someone I love in it, or is it like oh. gay shit? Then I'll watch it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be one of these, one of these three things. Yeah. And this one had really good reviews, so I yeah. I watched it, um, and I got sucked into it, and yeah. I didn't actually enjoy it that much. I don't think I recommended it to you. I just I just told you I watched it. Oh um, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because yeah, I wasn't like I wasn't like a huge fan of it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, let's talk. It's about also that. yeah. Once I start something, and I feel like I've invested two hours into it, even mm -hmm. if I'm not enjoying it, if there's like four hours left, I have to finish it because otherwise, oh like the two hours are lost. And it might get better, but I've already lost wow. two hours, so I'm gonna keep watching it. Or Same with like gained, a movie. Or you like, gained four hours, like you don't have to. I don't Follow see it, it that way. It's funny how you have this issue with commitment or this issue with like, you know, oh, um, yeah, like 
I mean, we were just talking about it with the whole podcast thing, like when, you know, but I guess for this, it's mm. like, you're not creating the content. The content is there for you to consume. So it's like, in terms of consumption, it's kind of yeah. like finishing everything on your plate. Are you one of those people? You have to, you have to finish everything on your plate? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Even if I'm sick, if I'm close to yeah. throwing up, um, it's yeah. got to go. It's got to go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's kind of scary. <laughs> Okay, so it was Rotten yeah, Tomatoes yeah, for yeah. you. It was, and it was you, Rotten Tomatoes, say, um, yeah. yeah. And you say that it was not, like, your favorite show. Like, for you, it was just kind of whatevs. It was lacking a lot of, like... I I didn't like the way they sort of split up the season into two parts. And it was mm. just, like, treating... Like, there was such a big, like, cut in between where yeah. like the time changed, the plot changed, the characters changed, and I just gotten used yeah. to characters. Um, and then you get a new set of characters. And then yeah. I feel it was like two seasons crammed yeah. into one, but then just a yeah. lot of stuff missing, a lot of exposition missing, like a lot of like, how do we, how do we get there? How do we get to a point where basically like these people are running the country? Right. Um, I just, I was missing all of that explanation. Really? Um, and instead, we, we're getting a whole new storyline. Yeah. I felt like the explanation was kind of there. Because, um, you know, it's like, it's like for real. Like, when I was watching this, I was like, are these, um, are these like AR, like VR creatures? But it's like, they're actually killing them. Like, they're actually killing these bodies. Mm. You know, that's what was so mm. fucked up about. It. I, I thought like maybe, oh, like when the whole big light flash happens, like they, somebody like grabs them. it's like a it's like a movie set, like high production value kind of AR yeah. VR thing. And they just take them away and put them underground or something. And then they just replace it with like the molten body or whatever. But it was like really happening. Oh. Like they were literally yeah these creatures literally come out of nowhere and they actually kill these people. And yeah, it's like, like for me, I agree. I I did not think this was like the best show ever. I was surprised to see that it has such a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes and on, you know, like like RogerEbert.com loves it and like it's getting good reviews. And I'm like a little surprised by it because hmm. I personally don't think this is of quality. I personally don't think it's anywhere near the level of like squid game for instance mm. i think and yeah i agree with you in terms of the plot it does have a lot of holes and there's like again there's no explanation as to what the fuck these things are like where yeah. are they coming from what is their motivation there's zero ex exposition on that i wish i had something yeah and yeah. it's it's mostly I was I was watching it mostly out of frustration trying to get some fucking answers. That's yeah. the only reason why I was like watching it to the end because I could I didn't get any. Yeah, it was it, it's it's the the thing that I think bugged me the most was like, is this? It's apparently not only happening in Korea because this guy <laughs> went to Tibet and that's where he saw yeah. them for the first time. Yeah. But then yeah. it says people are like fleeing the country to escape them, and apparently successfully, you can just run to Canada or something, and just fly to Canada, and it'll they won't find you. But like, how does that work? Like, why can they go to Tibet but not somewhere else? Um, oh, that really interesting. Yeah, that was the biggest plot hole for me. Oh, they could do that. So mm. if they like, if they get on a plane and they fly to like 
New Zealand or something, then it's like they're not going to come and find them because they're in a different like time zone. Maybe it's a time zone. Thing. I don't know. Maybe if they get Maybe to it's a, a different time zone. Time thing. Zone. Yeah, because they, they're very Who specific knows? about the time. It's like, you know, 9.04 yeah. p.m. I'm and then they show up Wednesday. and nobody's there. Oh, sorry. It's actually, it's it was two hours ago. You missed me. <laughs> you different can't do anything zone. now. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Actually, you know what? Like, in terms of uh, that literal, tangible time thing, how interesting that we're talking about time again. <laughs> But these, these things, it's like, um, you know, when you're, when you're able to like stream something in Europe, for instance, you can't stream it in, I don't know, like Canada, for instance, because of like geo blocking. Like they have geo blocking mm. when it comes to streaming. Yeah. They have a uh, territorial rights, like, you know, Netflix has North American rights for this show, but not, you yeah. know, European rights for this show, so you can't stream. Like. Um, so maybe it has to do with geo-blocking. Maybe these are kind of like advanced AR, VR creatures, but it's like geo-blocking is like limiting them from being able to reach you in Canada or some shit. Yeah. Nobody bought the rights for they didn't buy, Canada. <laughs> they didn't buy the, the fucking rights yeah. to Canada. Um, what did you think of the scene when that guy, the know-it-all guy, Yuayin, the he's like with the hair and the, the shirt, he's like the preacher guy, the one that mm. when he was dying, like, what did you make of that when he got killed? Um, wait, who has, did you say glasses? No, he, no, you said he hair. He has hair. Yeah. He has like he that great glasses? hair, the big lips. Yuayin, Yuayin. Yeah. Chung yeah. Shinsu, the um, guy. Yeah. 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 Um, well, that was a good plot twist. It was, there were a lot of good plot twists that I enjoyed. Um, okay. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, and then suddenly the most important character that I just gotten used to is gone, which kind of pissed me off. Um, huh. But I do, I I do like that when a when a show just fucks it up that way, and you're like, oh, this is the main character, and then the main character just dies in the middle of the season. I think that's very ballsy. I I like that. Um, yeah, I like a huh. twist like that. Like um, like when on on like I remember like Joss. Joss Whedon on Buffy, he talks about that all the time. Like, he started the show with, like, these characters. Uh, I know he's cancelled, but he started the show with, like, a certain... with these characters, and then he introduces you to them, and you think, oh, main character, and then the character dies in the first episode. Just throws a curveball wow. at you. Ruthless. Yeah. You like the ruthlessness of of showrunners when they just kill people off that people are kind of somewhat invested in. Hmm. And interesting mm, that you, you don't mentioned, see coming. Interesting that you mentioned Buffy and Joss Whedon because that's like that's such a gay thing. Like you're just so gay right now. It's amazing. I love it. When I was in um, high school, I had a classmate who I knew. I knew in my heart he was gay. Nobody else. Mm. Nobody else thought he was gay. I'm sure. Mm. Maybe he didn't even know he was gay. But I was like, this guy mm. is such a queen. You know, because he was yeah. obsessed with Buffy, the vampire slayer. He was yeah. like, obsessed with yeah. Buffy. I was like, I was just looking at him. I'm like, I love you, man. I love you. You're so gay. And then in college, you know, first year, boom, fucking out. Mm. Out. Mm. Flying yeah. around, free as a peacock. I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. You go, you Buffy loving gay go, motherfucker. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what is your, you what got is your, this. 
what did you make i mean what do you what did you think that these creatures and this whole like death sentence the sentencing what did you think this was like allegoric of or metaphoric of if if at all like what did you think this was like representing or symbolic of Oh my god, I'm not a studied person like you. Uh, well, I study political science. I don't think about philosophical concepts like that. Well, politically um, then, I mean, what did you make, or even religiously, like, what did you make of the whole, mm. the organization that becomes this whole new religion? Like, what did you make of mm. the politics of it, honestly? Yeah. I I mean, it's very, it's, it's, it's like, it's a very, it's, it's, like the church is lying of course the church is lying to you it's like very obvious um mm -hmm. a very like obvious like connection to like real life um yeah. i feel like i would have what i what i think would have been fun is like if we had seen like you said like who are they who are these creatures yeah. and it turns out like somebody is actually controlling them in order to control the people um because that's like the that would be like the the most monumental way of like controlling an entire population by unleashing like unexplainable demons on them that you can mm -hmm. control and you can be like you can make up your own reasons for why they kill certain people and right. just say like, control an entire population like that um mm. but yeah i feel like that kind of that could have been could have been a fun part um that they didn't explore um instead hmm. the the whole like religious aspect of it i yeah. it was a little underexplored and it was like I, I didn't feel like there was like a lot of a lot of theory behind their teachings that made a lot of sense to me uh-huh um yeah and it's like okay so you somebody lied to someone and that's why they get killed and like mm -hmm. like the entire at some point people have to figure out it's it's not, it's, it's, they're not actually punishing sinners yeah. because these sins that are being punished is so tiny. Like yeah. the entire yeah. country would be gone yeah. by now. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's like, it's like what Christ says, like technically, you know, who is not a sinner, right? Everybody is. He, who, who is not a sinner throweth the first stoneth into the glass <laughs> house. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. you know, for me, I thought like this was kind of uh, allegoric of the way that we cancel people, you know, like I thought this is all like kind of on social media, like, you know, fucking nobodies who, mm. who just his, their, pa mm. their past mistakes get unearthed and then the whole world is like judging them and um, interesting live and everybody lives in fear of that day, everybody. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was allegoric of that. Ah, um, uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that, but that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What What are you scared of resurfacing from your past? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't really think about that. Hmm. I mean. Hmm. You know, the thing is, like, anything but, anything that we've done or said can be used against us. Yeah. You know? So it's like, if I think about yeah. that, then I'll always live in terror and fear. But it's kind of also similar yeah. to, like, what you said. It's like caring less about what other people think. You know? I mean, this is something I'm still working yeah. on, but, like, 
yeah, that was like one of my my goals this past year when I was like one of my intentions when I went into taking mushrooms. I was like, I want to care less about what other people think about me. And um, yeah, has it worked? <clears throat> I think it worked a little bit. You know, I think that'll always be a struggle. Like, I think it'll keep going, but I think it's worked a little bit. You know. Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think I'm fully there. But. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think once you stop caring about what other people think and you just kind of let people say what they want and um, have a certain opinion about you, as long as you have a different opinion about yourself and you know that to be true to yourself, then it's like technically you remain unshakable, you know? So, yeah, yeah. rather than think about I guess. what will people unearth and come after me for, I want to think more about like... Yeah, how about I just don't give a shit about that? Hmm. Maybe that's the healthy yeah. route. I guess we, yeah. I mean, maybe we have to become, we all have to become uncancelable. Like, I mean, so, you know, it's. I feel like it's more of a Donald Trump thing, though. Like, Donald Trump are like, like these crazy, crazy right-wing uh, Americans who all they talk about is cancel culture, but they're actually like uncancelable. Like Donald Trump has done things that they claim everybody's getting canceled for, but you know, he's still there or exactly. whatever, or whoever, Ron exactly. DeSantis or whatever, these creepy motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can cancel them. They can do they're, what they want. You're absolutely right. That's the illusion. That's the illusion. The illusion that um, bad press will destroy a person, but it's like, Maybe maybe that's something that people can feel empowered by or or at least at the very least see how unfair the system is rigged against people who are poor. Um, Mark Marin was talking about this on his podcast, WTF, which is like the only podcast I listen to. But he was talking about this with uh, Cliff Nesteroff, who is a he used to be a stand up comic, but he, he became a comedy historian and he's very mm -hmm. well versed in it. Like he wrote several books. Mm -hmm. They're all very, very good. Um, and he talks about people like Lenny Bruce, who used to get arrested all the time for doing stand up live, mm. you know, because for unobscenity yeah. charges. So like the police would yeah. literally stand there and wait for him to say something dirty and then go and arrest him. And he's been arrested many, many, many times. Um, there were like people like the Smothers Brothers who had a variety show and they were very political and very anti-war, anti-Vietnam War. They were all about peace. And like CBS basically canceled their show, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, politicians were like, we don't like what he's saying on television or what these guys are saying on mm. television. So like the argument that Mark Marin and Cliff Nesteroff were making is that nobody is able to cancel you in America today. So don't bitch about cancellation. The only people who have power to actually shut you up is the government and it's mm. the corporations. Those two yeah. massive powers are the only ones who get to shut you up. And that's another yeah. way to say it is those are the only two powers that actually get to say whatever they want. And you also have to keep in mind the media outlets that are the most widely uh, distributed, right? Those are also in the hands and power of these massive corporations mm. and with yeah. government, right? So it's yeah. like once we see that with clarity, 
that these three things are always the ones that are in control of the narrative, we ha we have to be able to question when they're canceling who and for what reason. But that also gets complicated when you were talking about these politicians because like with Donald Trump, for instance, right? 2016, he got elected, right? Or he was like about to win. No, this is after he won. Donald Trump wins in 2016. 2017, what happens? Like the Me Too movement happens. And the Me Too movement yeah. happened because like stellar journalists from the New York Times and writers for The New Yorker, they got together and they said, what's the thing that is next in line, the most powerful after the presidency? And they were like, well, Hollywood. Hollywood has the most influence. Mm. Okay, let's go after people in Hollywood. Who is the biggest pervert in Hollywood? Harvey Weinstein. Okay, okay fine. Let's write about him. So this whole, like, that whole thing was like a reaction to Donald Trump being exposed as a sexual predator yeah. and nothing happening to him. In fact, him getting rewarded for it and becoming a president, right? Yeah. So it was like media's attempt at that. But right now we're dealing with the aftermath of that. And it's like, how do we come to terms in the post aftermath of this exposure? What comes after the, all the exposure? Because from where I'm standing, exposing these people doesn't necessarily lead to that big of a change. What it's led to is terms like cancel culture, right? Coming back, like that's the next reactionary against me too. That's coming back. And then women are still upset and angry and still hurt, not fully healing from it. They're still angry. And you still yeah. have, and now you have another party, right wing rhetoric, you know, swinging comedians who are talking about cancel culture and saying like i don't get to say what i want i don't get to call people mm. the r word i don't get to call people you know a tranny i don't get to use like words like chink on stage like and they're upset about that right like, yeah they're not seeing yeah. the bigger picture so yeah i don't know i that was a long rant but you see what i mean <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's uh yeah, no, I agree. And it's it's weird and it's 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 strange and it's but there's always gonna be there's always gonna be a, a an audience for people who claim to be cancelled. So I don't I don't know who's actually You're right. getting cancelled unless right. we unless we do include like people like Harvey Weinstein who's not who wasn't he wasn't cancelled. He was like yeah. criminally prosecuted, which is a completely different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well he was cancelled and criminally prosecuted. Yeah, um, and you know, like a lot of these rich people, they get criminally prosecuted, but then they don't stay in prison like for that long. You know, like how long was Bill Cosby in prison for? And he, he got out. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you're absolutely right. Cancel culture is not really a thing. It's like a scarecrow. It's a scarecrow argument. Like they make it up and then they say that they're a victim to it, but they're the ones with the microphone and they are talking to people yeah. about it. So it's like, it sounds like you still have your freedom of speech right intact, mm. right? Um, okay. Do you have um, any new goals for 2022 for yourself? Um. Well, um, going full circle, I want to stop drinking. Um, I want to keep 
keep not smoking, um, disregarding the one cigarette last night that I walked 30 minutes for. Um, those are, those are two goals. Um, I've, I've given up on having a nice body. Finally, I finally <laughs> reached the conclusion <laughs> that I am too old and lazy to ever have a hot bod. <laughs> I want to write my one song in 2022. So it's got to be done. About it might be maybe it's about chlamydia, maybe. But I'm also I'm also That's what if the title I? Of the song. That's the title. Maybe it's about chlamydia. Maybe it's about chlamydia. What if it's not a funny song? What if I like start writing serious song and I become the next Joni Mitchell and then? Yeah, yeah. And your first song is That's what if it's unlikely? Not I know. And it's yeah. actually a really sad they, song about a breakup. But then they dig that out after my first super successful album, and then I get canceled for singing about <laughs> chlamydia. What if, like, what if you turn it into a romantic song? Like, the title of the song is "What If It's Chlamydia," um, and uh, you know, the whole song is about like you exploring whether or not you have chlamydia. It's like you kind of wanted to have chlamydia just to affirm that this was like real love like that i had sex this, okay like you like you love this person so much that you want his like uh cum juice to have been like infected and to infect you it's like this um romantic ideation of getting std and how do you like... think chlamydia works <laughs> infected cum juice <laughs> have you been to school have you had biology class what is that is it is it chlamydia an std isn't that how you get yeah, stds but like through not... cum juices like sharing i mean cum it's juice? how you get a hiv but you can get chlamydia from you can have chlamydia in your throat and then really? put it onto someone's penis <gasps> from your throat there ha doesn't have to be any cum involved really yeah it's very easy that's to scary go around yeah yeah Oh God! Yeah, that's gross. You could have chlamydia in your throat. Oh, mm. yeah, and gonorrhea. Oh my gosh! Yeah. and usually you don't. Usually you don't notice. Like most of those are asymptomatic, um, so that's why so many people have it. Because then you spread it around because you don't know that you have it. Right. Yeah. Right. I've learned something. Disgusting. Yeah, that makes me never mm. want to go down on anybody ever again. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but then you can also—I mean—you can still get scabies just from Ooh. sitting on someone's bed. You can okay. get anything from anything. Yeah, you're—you're you're clearly an expert on this stuff. So your album should be called um, STDs. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'll be just do one song about each STD. Yeah, and some of them doesn't even yeah. have to be an STD. It could be something like scabies. You know, bed bugs. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Grammys. Mm. Yeah, I'll see you at the Grammys in 2023. Oh, I thought it was another STD. <laughs> I got the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get the Grammys? Oh, sucking that cock and then got the Grammys in my throat. <laughs> it's nice talking to you. <laughs> Thank you. You too. <laughs>